0: Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host John Bauer. I'm
1: looking to sell everybody price dependent.
0: Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence.
1: What is going on, everybody? We are back. The whole gang is here. We were going to do the show last night. It was going to be a two-man rodeo with Mitch and Dan. Mitch, we always say essential to the state of Utah. So it got pushed to tonight. I was going to miss last night because my kids were sick. And as you can hear in my voice, they got me. They got me, Dan. What's going on, buddy?
0: Buddy, I appreciate you being a gamer. Good to have you back. Good good to see Mitch out of work. And, and I'm excited for tonight, as as we all always are but it's like the beginning of the show is like the start of a football game when I was coaching and playing, you know, like all the emotions are all amped up and and I have so much. I want to say it's like between like week eight and dynasty is like just hopping right now with transactions and trades. Like everyone's at that pivotal point. Tommy tremble got a 29 yard touchdown. Well, I'm pumped about that. The Phillies are in the world series. Um, it was a great dynasty and redraft weekend. Two guys, I hit like 97% of my games. I think I lost two games. It was just awesome. So, Let's do it, boys. Let's, let's talk some football tonight.
1: Well, at least somebody's bringing some hype to the show tonight because it sure as heck isn't me. What's going on, Mitch? <laughs> What's going on? No, nah, you know, sometimes work calls,
2: and it sucks when it happens on a Tuesday because you know the rest of your week is going to take forever. But the good thing about recording on Wednesday night, we have football tomorrow. So I'm like, maybe we should record on Wednesdays right now because that's something to look forward to. One
1: more day, we got football. Well, here's the way I look at it. Sunday, Monday, we have games. Thursday, we have games. Tuesday, we typically do the show. Wednesday, waiver wires typically clear that's in true. a lot of leagues. And I know there's not a lot out there, but that's something to look forward to. And then Friday, Saturday, you're just eager and then you have the college games. So I don't I, I can live with Tuesdays, but Having Wednesday shows gives us the extra day of preparation, but you know I'm always eager to get our shows out there. Mm-hmm. um You know I I, I want to thank you too because you guys did a fantastic job last week on the Week Six Recap show and the the Dynasty Look Ahead. It took me a few days to to listen to it last. I mean we're we're all busy and, and crazy, and mm-hmm. you guys know it's serious and and work's really picking up. whenever I'm missing from the Discord. Yes.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Like we got to us back it, always,
1: though. Yeah, so I appreciate you too, and I appreciate everybody in the Discord being patient and uh, bearing with us. You know, uh, during these crazy times. And and Dan, I got I got to keep up with you here because you did a fantastic read last week, and I'm going to see if I can get through with that. I was going to say, could...
2: should we have Dan
1: do it again? Because you could like hardly talk right now. No, no, we're oh. good. Th- This week's episode of Dynasty Theory is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. My voice is getting worse and worse as I go through this. There we go. A little phlegm coming up for everybody. On your morning commute, I'm sure that's nice to hear. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code theory20 at manscaped.com. It helps us out. Fantastic merchandise. Fantastic product. Take care of yourself. Code theory20. Free shipping. And 20% off.
0: See, Manscaped right. is so important in John's life that he even gutted it out like Jordan. It wasn't easy, but he got through it because he knows what a quality product Manscaped is.
1: Yeah, it's that important to me. You got to get through the the Manscaped read. You have to. All right, guys. Now that we have 17 fantasy football weeks, we have the three weeks in the playoffs. Uh, oh, I see. I see huge Hunter in the chat. Welcome to the uh, the live show here. So, like I was saying, we have seventeen weeks in the fantasy season, including the three weeks of playoffs. Fourteen weeks in most regular seasons, we are halfway through the fantasy regular season, and it's all it's time to reflect a little bit and look at where we were throughout the off season. Some different things that we we had in our arsenal and our toolbox to to get to. And there we toolbox, toolbox, toolbox. I haven't heard of that in a while. I know, I know. So we're going through all that stuff and, and what we use to get to this point and maybe some things that we're looking at, we're like, oh my goodness, I, I got to change this up. And we kind of want to look at this from a uh, takeaways up to this point, actionable thoughts moving forward, how we can change some things up. So Mitch, I want to start with you, you know, because okay. this was a topic that you felt we should discuss.
2: It would, like, so... I was looking back at my teams and like, they're... wait, it's
1: never good when Mitch gives that long it is. pause. Like,
2: this is so... rough, guys like, uh, I have some awful, awful dynasty teams that I drafted in startups this year. And the reason why is because I always traded up to get two good quarterbacks, which has worked out amazing so far. But when I did that, that means usually I didn't have like a second or a third round startup draft pick. So that means the running backs I was looking at, were Akers, Dobbins, CH. You you could keep going with the horribleness that all of those running backs are. Or because they were the young guys, right? Or at the same time, I could have drafted Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, right in that same range. I fell into the stupid notion, yeah, stupid notion that these young assets are gonna hold better. They're they're it's better for your dynasty team to do it. And I've come to realize, like, that only works if they're good players in the first place. If you're drafting young running backs who aren't any good, it's immediately going to be better to go for Derrick Henry or Alvin Kamara. Because even right now, I can move Derrick Henry on most leagues. I can move Alvin Kamara. I cannot move Akers for anything. If I want to move CEH, a late second, something like that, I mean, Dobbins is kind of the only one that's holding value. That's because he hasn't been on the field. So we haven't seen like his ineptitude yet. So this is a long way of me saying I bought into the get the young running back narrative, but I didn't go for the good running back, the good one, young ones, because they were being drafted a lot higher than what are. I was drafting acres and those kinds of backs. Well, so now it's, I should have just drafted Derrick Henry and got a good player to begin with.
1: I, I want to look at this, though. So really quickly, just on a points per game perspective, mm-hmm. if you look at the top guys here and these are the guys that through seven weeks, they're helping you win games. Yes. They're putting you in a position to make that run as the season progresses. And think about these names. And I want you guys to think about where their value was. Yeah. Really, really. I rub am. those am get ready. It. All right. So think about where these guys were going, not only in startups, but. On the open market in existing leagues, mm-hmm. you know, think about all the trade polls that we had in there and all, all the discussions we had. So here we go. Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, DeAndre Swift, but he's been out. Brees Hall, he's now out for the season. Stevenson. Pierce, Aaron Jones, Mixon, Kamara, Cordero Patterson, Miles Sanders, Dalvin Cook, Jamal Williams, Clyde Edwards, helaire is coming in there, but we know that's tailed off. And then you got JT, Kenneth Walker really coming on, but you run through that list. 80% of them were guys that people, you know, I don't want to say they didn't want, but certainly they were devalued and it typically happens throughout the off season. So I think the big takeaway here now, here's the thing though we could be having a very different conversation at this point next year where you have these older guys and they start to tail off. And then you're sitting there thinking, I should have gone with the young guys. Like, I feel like uh, obviously hindsight is always 2020 and that's one of the reasons, you know, discussing these topics, but you know, I, I think getting those guys during the off season that have that depressed value the the names at the top of this list they're the usual suspects like Eckler, Jacobs, Barkley, Chubb, Henry, McCaffrey, Fournette. Yeah. All devalued. Dan, it looks like you're thinking over there.
0: A lot of thoughts. And I, I like where I like how Mitch opened it up and, and you gave some context around that, JB. So going into the season, I think the state of the quarterback position is we got some good feedback. T- there. Comment
1: from Wes. It's not complicated. <laughs> Only draft the young players who are really good. Yeah.
0: See, Mitch made it complicated, is what he's saying there. You know, and he knows, and I love that we can reflect and look back here at the midseason and give our listeners some takeaways. Stay the quarterback position is worse than I thought it was. So, you know, be aggressive at the quarterback position. That that's definitely my takeaway. The only thing spin on it, as Mitch kind of alluded to, is kind of where he went. I, I think he, if he could go back in time, he would have just kind of zigged and, you know, and went a little different direction. Because when you talk about running back, that position it was kind of more like I expected. Najee underperformed a little bit, but he's still plotting out there at like twenty second overall. Akers did disappoint. Luckily, Mitch refused to trade him to me in the one league, so <laughs> sure I, didn't, did. I, I, I didn't get too many. Uh, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. were Wow. Like they, you know, I had some Hall shares Mitch robbed all the Kenneth Walker shares, I think. So maybe that didn't quite pan out, but I faded a lot in the drafts and two of the three running backs I faded that I was kind of going for a hit. Definitely one in, in Josh Jacobs. I, I got myself a lot of Jacobs, CEH and Miles Sanders. So C-E-H, CEH flash and now he's fizzled. Miles is kind of hanging in there and Jacobs has been like one of the nicest surprises of the year. And like every year, the running back handcuffs keep popping up. Like these guys just keep getting opportunities. We see the waiver wires still being active. So, I like like going ahead maybe to next year's startups. You know, get an anchor running back, get depth, but don't overpay at the position.
1: Yeah, and, and, and this, I, I'll keep this PG. You know, no. I I had a way to phrase this that maybe Dynasty Theory After Dark, but. The way this is panned out for running backs, it's exactly what zero running back type drafters were looking for. And there's a lot of guys that even though those guys at the top of the list I mentioned, you still have, you know, a Damian Pierce who was going later in startups compared to his price today. Jamal Williams popping up, Khalil Herbert uh you know benjamin you get these guys raheem mostert you get these guys that can provide spot starts and this is what we talk about in the discord and on the show constantly and it's it's filling up the back of your roster with those types of running backs and it's panned out how many leagues mitch especially co-managed do we have jamal williams creeping around
2: oh so many i mean but it's not just him we have i can't remember the guy played for the ravens two weeks ago was good Gus Edwards last yeah. year, yeah. Kenyon Drake. Ken Drake two weeks Kenny ago. Drake, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah,
0: but that's the but point, yeah. JB. Let me let me counter you a little bit there, though. So I agree with the Jamal Williams like popping up, and that's where I kind of met with handcuffs. Like you know, you get the Jamal Williams, you get the Kenneth Drakes, you get the Khalil Herberts. So there's definitely some value that you're gonna find. Eno Benjamin's flashed. Raheem Mostarts, you know, kind of bends something but they're still at the bottom end. I wouldn't say, like, zero running backs, because, like, if you went heavy and got yourself Eckler, if you still believed in Barkley, Chubb, McCaffrey, like, you're still in pretty good... You know, that's a good thing to do.
1: Right, but look at the top six wide receivers on a per-game basis, and I'm excluding Hopkins because he's only played the one game. Top six, Diggs, Cup, Jefferson, Tyree, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams. Really no shockers there. No, but, you could You could, you know, give a little bit here and there, but I, overall...
0: I, I got timeout timeout though. So I, like, I get, like, I, I would build receiver over running back. And I think Mitch and I might've been talking about this a little bit last week, but it's not zero running back. It's just, you know, Hey, maybe you go receiver first. You know, Mitch is talking about anchoring those quarterbacks, but I'm not like fading running back and missing out at all those points in the, in the beginning. I didn't say to fade running back. I was zero we, running back. Who wants a zero running back theory? JB. Did, did I say I did it? Did I say you
1: I was were doing it? You saying
0: it, it was. A, you said it was a good thing this year for the zero running back truthers. Like,
1: well, if, if you load it up with those high end receivers, you're in a good spot.
0: Yeah, but not if you don't. I mean, not necessarily. Why do you have Chase
1: Edmonds on your team? I mean, I mean, it's almost as good as having Jonathan Taylor with that that draft capital. I completely agree. Because so remember we, how we, deep we, that we, wide we,
0: receiver we, position is, though. I mean, you know, you other so teams we could sit. We could sit We could sit have here no running backs. and pick.
1: So this discussion right now is strictly because of the verbiage, and I am like, this is you guys are fricking. We missed you, JB. I know. know, I don't even know why. Mitch and I agreed
0: agreed too much last week. It was like you know we needed some some you know we needed some JB.
1: It made me sick. Anyway, so looking at the running back, looking at the running backs again, it, it is so critical. And how often do we say it? But then when the time comes, when push comes to shove we kind of change a little bit because we start thinking dynasty dynasty. But how many times have we said on the show two, three years max outlook yep. for running backs? Well, I, I, and this is me. I'm, this is, this is, I'm guilty of this. You know, I, I want the insulated value. I want to look at the resale value for running backs. Give me the, the, the immediate production, because look at how quickly things change. So I think that's the one thing moving forward. And now, we're going to be looking at the 23 class eventually. We're talking about Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Sean Tucker, all those good, good backs coming in. Uh, Wes says, I went zero running back in Scott Fishbowl this year while having Jefferson Chase Waddle. And now are my zero running back targets beginning to produce. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, but again, I don't, now we're getting into redraft. We're getting into best ball. And, you know, that makes me sick. That makes me <laughs> that to happen.
2: No. So, so to hold to keep us on course, this kind of, you guys were talking about building depth with the running backs. You want to fill up your roster with that, but that's what kind of leads me to my, the next thing I really want to talk about is I think this is really going to help out JB in the next, you know, five or six weeks in dynasty is depth is more important than it ever has been. Especially when you get outside of 12 team leagues, 12 team team, it still really matters, but with the way off-season, the off-season program is now, the guys just, they, they're not in football shape when they come into training camp. And we still have all of these little injuries that pop up nonstop. And I think this is like the worst year it has been to my memory about just all the little injuries that are happening to everybody. I mean, I literally have teams to where I've started Devin Duvernay almost every single week. Mm-hmm. And it's he's giving me 10 points and it's like, yeah, I have to start him. I started Kyle Usechek in a whole bunch of leagues the last few weeks because he's going to catch two balls and give me like 30 yards.
0: JB, it sounds like Mitch either needs a, a new strength and conditioning coach on his dynasty rosters or maybe some GM help. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's because
2: everybody's injured. And it's also because I drafted Cam Akers and he's
1: not even playing football anymore. That's so, yeah. Yeah, but I, there, there's so many teams that like I, I've had Keenan Allen just sitting there. I DeAndre Hopkins stash, uh, Jahan Dotson flash. Then he misses a couple games. Uh, DK Metcalf now banged up. You know, but uh, like Mitch said, it's it seems like every single player at this point that 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 cue is there. That questionable tag. Bring back probable,
0: please, please <laughs> for
1: my sanity because I can't go through the week thinking. All right, if I set all my lineups today. Then I'm gonna to have to tinker and and take guys out. Uh, Swift, exactly. There's just Swift's so many, one. so many high value players. So many guys that are really shaking things up. And I have already noticed with bye weeks starting now. Uh, last week was one of my better weeks, especially on my contenders, because a lot of my teams they are built w- with depth, but. Like I said, it's critical because you have so many players that are missing time, like Mitch said. So it it is important. We're going to see a lot of teams that, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I had a lot of opponents last week that were first or second in the standings. They had Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts, and they were on by. And I ended up winning with a team that had no business winning because these are teams that have those players, and I don't want to say, "Oh my gosh, don't have Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts." I, I oh no, don't have, don't get forty points a week from Josh Allen. But what I'm saying is, and, and you're going to see it this week. My teams that have Travis Kelsey, people that have Patrick Mahomes, uh, Jared McKinnon is going to crush people's starting lineups. Not playing this week, uh, but you know, I yeah. depth is going to be critical, and that's one thing from a takeaway perspective. I stumbled out of the gate on a lot of my contenders, even the teams that I on paper, I thought they looked good. But once that depth starts to come into play, that's where somebody like me starts to benefit a little bit. So I don't know, Dan, what your thoughts are on that. But Mitch, I like that. I like bringing up the depth point there.
0: Yeah, I think we, the three of us are unanimous across the board with the depth because to Mitch's points of the running backs and the injuries and the the scarcity of the position, running back and tight end are very fragile health wise. If you're not healthy, it's very hard to produce and there's not the depth that you have at the wide receiver position. And JB, as I started the show, I says, boy, it, it was like the perfect storm this week with my dynasty and redraft rosters. A lot of that was because of the depth. You know, I had some, I have some rosters that are like really, they're fringe, you know, they could, they could go either way. And I, I might be just be playing on borrowed time, but all that, the draft effort, the trade effort, the free agent wire work, it's adding up to a lot of depth. And that and that carried me last week.
1: I want to bring something up and I think it's a, a really important takeaway, especially at this point, you should have been working on this prior, but something for me personally, and it really does come down to the number of leagues and the the amount of time being put into each and every situation, especially these teams that I'm going to be mentioning. But if you have a team that you thought was a, a rebuild and you, you know, you're two and five at this point, but you have those players that randomly have those pop weeks looking to churn the bottoms of your roster to get those unwanted points off of your roster because it is going to be a bloodbath out there trying to get Bijan Robinson on your teams. Uh, I know, Mitch, you're a little bit down in the quarterbacks overall, but yep. Stroud, I, I I, think as it stands today, he's the quarterback one. So you have that 101 or 102, I think, especially in a 14-team league, it's going to be a little bit more critical. Uh, as of now, I think there's going to be a little bit of drop-off when you get to three, but no, again, not discounting kind of players like Jameer Gibbs or... Um, you know, I young, I know Mitch, you kind of ruled your eyes at Stroud. I think you'll roll them even further back in your head. They might not come <laughs> back when we mention young, but I, there, there are guys there that I'm starting to look at certain teams. And I actually had a conversation via DM with somebody that was offering me trades and on paper, they were, they were fine. Like they were good offers, but I, I came out and explained, Hey, I'm not looking to bring points onto my roster, even though they are fair trades. And then how, I don't know about you guys, but so many of these teams, um, you know, I, I'm not shy about going out and just completely spending whatever I got in fab on certain players. And let's say I get them and then they pop, get them off your roster. But again, from a time perspective, it's something I need to work on looking at that a little bit more in detail. So if you have a smaller portfolio, you know, one to five teams, you can manage that a little bit better. That's something to focus on if you are lower in the standings and your playoff or your uh, rookie draft order is decided by potential points, which, please, I hope it is because it makes the commissioner's job easier. I'm looking at you, Mitch, and yes. it, it, it it makes things run a little bit more smoothly. And I think it, it's one of the better ways to identify the worst
0: teams in the league. That's the fun thing about Giant Dynasty, JB. And, and you're giving very sound advice. And I, I'm going to kind of look at the other side of that, but given the same advice to whether you are a, a, a losing team that needs to get those points off your roster or if you're a middle tier or winning team that's trying to get over the hump. Because we know when it comes down to like making the playoffs, it could come down to a game. Like you could literally miss the playoffs by one game. And we've all had rosters that may For, not be the...
1: Forget th- about be, a game. It could come down to...
0: De- Points tiebreaker, 10, ten right?
1: points, something.
0: And, and we've both had that, all of us. And some of our teams that were those French teams go on to win the league. And they weren't even your best dynasty team. So, like, as we're watching the waiver wire this week, and, like, out of nowhere, Matty Ice is is benched and I don't want to say out of nowhere, but Sam Ellinger goes and gets a starting job for the rest of the season. We know how valuable a quarterback on the waiver wire is. You know, James Robinson gets traded, and all of a sudden, Jamichael Hastie might be a handcuff. And I'm not saying these guys are going to make or break a roster, but a lot of people are spending a lot of fab on them this week or trading for them this week, or we're smart enough to pick them up early in our trading and getting assets for them, where there's a lot of value in really keeping an eye on, like, Ellinger moving up to the depth chart a couple weeks ago and knowing Maddie Ryan struggling. So there might be a chance he gets a job or knowing the trade deadlines coming and some guys might get moved. And all of a sudden hasty breaks a 60 yard run in a game, like be aggressive on the waiver wire. Cause again, we look at all these leagues, there's a lot of dead weight on a lot of bottom of the rosters. So if you could get to them a little bit early, no matter what direction you're going in, you could help your team. And I've been
1: bugging the crap and I know it. I've been bugging the crap out of these teams. If I am middle of the pack, and my all play percentages is somewhat solid, or my potential points is up there, or even if I'm at the top of the standings, I am blasting offers out to those bottom three teams, bottom four teams, especially teams that go out there. We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. They're in the chat saying, Hey, I'm looking to rebuild. You, you're going to find teams that, and I know this is not a sexy name, but I mentioned the chat based on his usage and his, his route participation, but maybe a team in last place has somebody like a Marvin Jones and you don't have to play a Kyle use check then in a flex spot because half of your team is injured, you know? So obviously these are a little bit more extreme, but finding those pieces that their cost to acquire, isn't going to break the bank, but Hey, they might get you an eight to 10 points or even maybe splash for a touchdown or two in the right situation. And you know, who, who would have had Josh Reynolds, as a top 40 wide receiver coming into this point, you know? So these are the, these are the pieces we're looking at and we could sit there and talk about the high end value players. And I know I love the big splash trades as much as the next person, but every once in a while, we got to stoop to Dan's level and get all the way down there on the bottom of the floor of the ocean ocean floor depth and, and make some moves that are going to help propel you there to the playoffs. So. Mitch, any other thoughts? Maybe that, uh, something else that's popped into your head. So I think
2: one thing we all need to be careful of, because we've all done it, uh, buying into the prospect hype too much,
1: right? No such thing.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm I'm going to bring up someone who even had a good rookie year. We all said, locked in, top two at his position until he dies and that person has 16 receptions in 6 games. You guys knew who I'm talking about? Mm.
0: Hold on, hold on. Well, I mean Drake London Atlanta doesn't throw.
2: Kyle Pitts. Oh, Good Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I was Pitt I was getting there. I was getting he, there. I was with that's the right team. The thing, is like this happens in and it happens in Dynasty all the time. Is we get so hyper focused on players and what they can be and what they can become that if you could just Dodge those landmines because right now, Kyle Pitts is a landmine. I'm sorry. He is. Maybe they'll draft someone and they'll be better in the future. That's great. What's going to happen when the good tight ends come in in the 23 class? Mayer is awesome.
1: I don't – is that Mayer or Meyer? I don't – has the A, so I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. You know, I I butcher names left and right. I say Kamara, Kamara. I say – what was the one I would say? Oh, Jonu Smith.
2: Yeah, Jonu. Yep, yep. But that's my thing is like, we assumed he was just locked in because he had a thousand yards as a rookie, only had one touchdown. But we were like, hey, but then no one took into account Marcus Mariota could be his quarterback for the full year. Desmond Ritter might end up playing games, which probably isn't going to help Kyle Pitts at all. And so, but we have players like this that we all get so high on in the offseason. And it's okay if you miss on a guy, if he's in the fourth or fifth round, if you
1: miss on a Kyle Pitts, that devastates your teams. This think, kind of good, this kind of, sorry, actually ahead. Dan, because my my thought might switch things a little bit here. So what, what were you going to say?
0: So uh, someone reached out tonight for trade advice and see what you guys think. JB, you admit you guys are both really good mm-hmm. at always giving these trade scenarios, but he was asking for advice on whether he should trade. And he's got an older roster and he's looking to get young next year. And was considering trading Travis Kelsey and David Montgomery for Kyle Pitts and Marquise Brown. And my advice to him, see if you guys agree, is get more for Kelsey because Pitts is so low now. Marquise Brown is injured. I think he could get more for Kelsey. And I know, I, I don't, I like, I don't think I like I don't his think thinking of a buy low more. window for, for Pitts, but I mean, it, how many contending teams would love to have Kelsey in a tight end premium league? You'd, you'd be surprised at them.
1: I have, I I say (laughs) this, I I say this is somebody that has a lot of Kelsey. I know Mitch has a lot of Kelsey and there are teams that even like, I'm not necessarily contending. I'm kind of in the middle, but the price hasn't been right to move him. So if you are looking to get younger, I don't,
0: I don't mind that move at all. But don't you think he could get more though? At least now, because Hollywood's broke. I d I don't know. I, there, people
1: were hesitant to move anything for Travis Kelsey. You know, there was the uh, there was a lot of talk in the offseason. What is it was his, his knee that they, they cleaned up a little bit. Something I got cleaned so. up. Yeah. Uh,
0: but, but right now though, like that owner out there with Pitts is having like he's scared in his boots. He 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 knows Hollywood's broke. Like, what am I gonna do with him? I just think he could get a little bit more, but that's why I wanted to bring it up because I mean, to Mitch's point of pits, it was a good timing.
2: Greg well, brought uh, up C.D. Lamb, and I think it's a perfectly good point too. It's, same boat. I mean, exact same thing as Kyle Pitts.
1: Uh, Wes has a comment good, here. Though. Dallas has what, issues. Well, come on, Dan. Hold <laughs> on. What, what, what? I can't. T- I can't talk about Dallas. Wes has a comment here, and Mitch, you know this is a good comment for me, mm-hmm. and you say. JB, you play scared. You don't want these guys to retire on your team. Uh, Do you remember a few years ago, it was Aaron Rodgers we were talking about? I remember that. Yeah. Uh, But Wes says, Kelsey's one of those players that I'm fine with him retiring on my team. There were very few higher end assets that I'm okay with that. Kelsey is one of them. Agreed. Otherwise, you got to move them just to move them. And this kind of goes in then with what I was going to say and Mitch, you talk about Kyle Pitts and we're talking about Kelsey. How many times Are there situations, and I know this has happened to me, and I I think it's happened to you guys, that you are looking to enter a rebuild, especially, I think it happens during the offseason a little bit more because points aren't being scored, so the market comes down a little bit. But you have players, like I'm just looking at Devontae Adams' name here, so I'll say Adams. You have a Devontae Adams, and you end up selling them super cheap because, hey, I got to get younger. Uh, You know, I'm going to get guys like, like, Elijah Moore and Traylon Burks, and I'm going to be set for years to come. Well, how is that looking right now? I'm not saying Adams for those two, but just those names in general. I I think we all stress the importance and we, we, Oh, it's over amplified. I got to get these younger guys. They're going to hold their value. Kyle Pitts, just like Mick said, is going to be a beast for 10 years. It's going to be incredible. I, I got to go out and, uh, uh, move off of this guy because he's 27 years old mm-hmm. when the play you know might be just hey in this situation maybe I will hold because the market's not there and I'm getting those younger assets but the market has shifted so much I mean what can you get for Elijah Moore today what what, what does that market look like no, I don't think there is a market <laughs> I, I mean uh, Drake London He was anointed as a top eight receiver. You know, even we talk about Michael Pittman, who has produced and he's he kind of dropped a little bit because you have these other guys coming up. But we always look at these younger pieces and we think they're a little bit safer when in reality they're not. And it happens all the time. We all do like I last last thought, and this is more me knocking myself, but I have so many teams. With those, those wide receiver cores, like I mentioned, uh, Burks, uh, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, all these names of guys that, you know, younger guys that we were all, uh, Darnell Mooney. Oh man, I'm, I'm going to love him as a, a core piece to my wide receiver group. Uh, I got Michael Gallup sitting there. He's going to come back and be a monster. Blah, blah, blah.
0: BS. Uh, but yeah, so many of those cores. Question for you both. So we go back in time. I know one of our older dynasty theory episodes. We had the the, the topic of I think it was A.J. Brown. of we like we, we you know we didn't like the system he was going in, so mm-hmm. we didn't draft, and he took off. And then we mm-hmm. says, Hey, we're not falling for that trap again. But now here we are in this year's rookie class. And boy, Drake London looked good. Or you talked about how good we thought Elijah Moore is. Are we concerned about the systems? Is that talent? Garrett Garrett Wilson. In the same boat of Elijah Moore. I mean, that's a run defense team there with with the New York Jets. That's how they're winning. That's how they're playing football. It is not a fantasy friendly at this time passing offense. The the Atlanta Falcons just don't pass. Like, I I don't know what's going on there. They will never pass. And and I I don't think anyone in the dynasty community believes Kyle Pitts and Drake London are not talented. So, I mean – Do we reconsider that a little bit?
2: If you consider the coaching staff is going to change. The one in Atlanta isn't changing for a while. The one with the Jets isn't changing for a long time is what it looks like. So that's the thing. If you're going to buy into one like that, let's say – it doesn't really work, but say Jamison – Jamison Williams. Yeah, I don't know why the name didn't stick out.
0: Detroit might change, this. And
1: you say you like him.
2: I know, I know. I even have his jersey right behind me. But (laughs) – like, maybe the Lions coaching staff does has have issues. Like, I would see them being one who can maybe be changed out next year. So maybe that would make me do it. But as far as, like, guys in Atlanta, Panthers, sure. But who am I going to buy into there that's young and hasn't really proven anything?
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm scrolling through some of the comments here. Owen says, I'm still not concerned about London. Falcons killing everyone's fantasy-wise. All you can do is hold... Uh, Jamison Williams talking about him, the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah but, there we go. I was like working my way back. I'm like, something sparked something.
0: Hold on, hold on. Your Lions are a loyal organization, Mitch. So they might give Dan Campbell a little more time, but someone's going to have to take the fall. And maybe it's the offensive coordinator and <laughs> us fantasy players get a, get someone good.
1: Rem dog. Uh, always appreciate you in the, the discord. This is a tough year for talent over a situation argument. And it, I, I think more so from wide receivers, right? Because we, people, all the running backs that that came up uh, with a higher value, they, they have been as advertised. They they've been good, but it's the wide receivers, like, uh, you know, that we just talked about. It it does, and then you look at the the wide receivers that have gone into favorable situations. Not to say he wasn't good, but Chris Alave has just been tremendous. Yeah, he's unreal. So, good. And it, it's been a really good situation for him. So, Dan, I do think that's a good point mm-hmm. of you, we all say don't change your pre-draft rookie ranking significantly because of landing spot. God knows, for me, they get that fourth on draft capital. They're dead to me. They're not getting invited over for Thanksgiving dinner anymore. But landing spot, we keep saying don't change that the the ranking significantly. But at what point do we? So, Mitch, besides the coaching, is there anything that you can look at and maybe say, eh, I'm gonna look at this a little bit? Even George Pickens, I mean, he has been he's he has been tremendous, and like you can just see he he's a monster. He but I mean, he's sitting there at less than 10 points per game. Mitch let me cut you
0: off quick Go ahead, man. Oh, oh Dan sorry. the bulldog sorry, sorry. so so Pickens I think the Pittsburgh situation is still evolving like that's a rebuilding team I think you know I mean Pickett, Pickett's finally in there he's adjusting so I think that's a work in progress but when we go back to Tennessee and AJ Brown maybe we were a little wrong too and like Tennessee is just not necessarily a bad landing spot problem this year is the receivers are garbage I, I just I, I just don't think that they're, they're I think they're overrated and they just don't have the talent, but the Titans are still winning when they had a premier wide receiver. They still got production out of the position. So the landing spot things just becoming more interesting to me. I think we just need to be careful because sometimes we are wrong. you know, certain situations look bad, but they're really not as bad when, you know, you got a 2000 yard rusher and Tannehill in the perfect situation could support a receiver.
1: Let me know your thoughts on this because it works both ways, right? We have the higher end players, that go to seemingly bad landing spots. They're either faded, like A.J. Brown from a few years ago, or we still hold them in a high regard, and then they come out and disappoint, even though maybe the situation does look okay, but then the passing volume's not there because Marcus Marietta throws five times a game. So we're talking about Drake London, we're talking about uh, Garrett Wilson. But on the other end, how many players get elevated because of the landing spot? And how many of them have disappointed so far? Sky Moore can't feel a punt, <laughs> so bad. I, I mean, and that was somebody I, I know. He checked a lot of boxes, but he was still somebody for me. I left very few rookie drafts with him because, of, well, one primarily because I had my top eight, and I was trading up or trading back or trading out, so I didn't get a lot of him. Christian Watson was another one, and I, Mitch, I, I you're making a face over there for those listen. This isn't a. Yeah. Uh, a jab at you by any means. Or but this be. was even it was even talked about during the offseason prior to the NFL draft. Christian Watson, look at what he did in the senior bowl. If he lands in that right spot, he's gonna be elevated. He's gonna be a stud. Now he is it's not a hundred percent fair because he has been injured. And we talked about this. So even though I think I have two shares and they're both co-managed teams with you, I'm not gonna say that's her, but Sky Moore certainly that was one he he had the the analytical profile to an extent, but then he was elevated because of the landing spot. And it, Mitch, or Mitch, how many how many vetoes are we going to give? How many flags? I'm like it. Dan, Dan's all over it tonight.
0: I, I need a timeout again. Mr. Analytics, you're pumping me up tonight. You're, you're, you're throwing out ideas everywhere. It's almost like you have a formula there that we got to figure out because all this analysis we're doing, what have we got to get right? We've got to get the talent right. All right, so we're eva- we're going to be evaluating another r- rookie class. John will be doing it weeks before everyone else because he'll be doing startups before our playoff season starts. And then we, we, we we've got to get the coaching and, and the system right. So if you hit two for two, you know if the talent's there and in the right system, boy, you, that that's when a guy's a superstar. If you've got the talent and the coaching's not there, okay, we got to be a little patient, like Mitch is saying. Maybe we got to wait for the coaching to get fired, or if they're going to be there for a few years, hey, when's that window to sell? Or, you know, sometimes it just takes time. So we've got to figure that out here in the Dynasty community. And, and, you know, when do you sell? When do you buy?
1: Jahan Dotson, another name that people faded, had the first round draft capital.
0: Talent, right? System, probably bad. I I mean, like, that's a dysfunctional organization that's got a, you know, paid and traded for a quarterback that nobody wanted. It's not working.
1: I mean, he's he's putting up the same amount of points per game as Brandon Ayuk, more than Sutton, more than McLaurin, was, uh, more than Godwin, more than DK Metcalf. So he has some moments.
0: He's not doing that now because his his, his butt. He's been out. he was hurt. Well, that's a problem. Maybe Washington got him hurt. You know, I'm yeah. just saying it's not working for me. I don't want. I'm not excited about Dotson today. Oh, I
1: am. I am. All right. Anyway, I I do think that that's a. You know, uh, a, a takeaway that we need to look at from off-season processes and moving forward. And Dan, anything else on your radar from from things we can look at that has taken place during the fantasy season during
0: week one and on? So we we hammered running backs and wide receivers pretty good. I'm not going to talk too much about quarterbacks because I think we've talked a lot about the quarterback position over the the first seven weeks. Although. I think we are entering another wild offseason of quarterback talk and play to just my point of that position still being worse than I thought it was. Again, we've talked about that in past episodes, but we haven't talked about the tight end position. And overall, it it is, I think, what I expected. Maybe a little more volatile is, again, players like Kyle Pitts have disappointed. Kittle, we had to wait and be patient. Um, Njoko elevated there. I think I always mangle his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, Most are wildly average and inconsistent. Um, so moving forward, and we've talked about if we can't score the elite, like the importance of depth, and this isn't that like no rocket science strategy that we never talked about before, but you really gotta be stay, staying mindful of the health of these tight ends. Cause on any given week, these tight ends are those like cusp, like tight end 11, 12, or the, the, you know, maybe even a little bit after that, when they're healthy, they kind of produce when they're, when they get a little bit dinged up, like the Dawson Knox of the world fall off or. George Kittle, who's a stud, when he's not healthy, he just disappears for a little while. But when those guys, when we know they're healthy and we're seeing them like full practices during the week, they seem to turn out some better production over time. So I love really just, again, making sure if we don't have the Kelsey and the Andrews, I want three, four tight ends on my roster that have upside in... Normally, it's worked pretty well this year where I've been rotating the Dawson Knox, the Gerald Everett's, the David Njoku, the like those kind of guys, even taking some deep stashes like Taysom Hills and his ceiling. There's just a lot of those guys out there. When they're healthy, you could get some production from a bad position.
1: Some of my favorite teams in two PPR because if this is my tight end core, obviously I faded the position. But if I have something like a Higby, Everett, Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram in two Even PPR, more. and two, they're just accumulate six for 40 yards. And that's more than we could hope for. Mitch, let me ask you. Without looking it up, who is in, in typical PPR, who is tight end three on a per
0: game basis?
1: Three. I want so to see N'Joku. We have Kelsey, we have Andrews, and then is
0: Non premium JB, just, to yeah, just straight PPR. Okay,
1: I'd say in Joku TJ Hawkinson. Now it's obviously because of that one big yeah, game, one game, but yeah. but, but he like, did have the one game, no? But like, you, you, you know, there are managers. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking at what he's done because you, you're going through your app, whether it's sleeper, yeah. whether it's MFL. And you see their average high. points. Yeah. You see their average points. And you see it. I would have never guessed Hawkinson was number three. Is that a GB? I got, I got because...
0: Hawkinson six, unless my scoring is different than I'm looking at in this one. On PPR, I'm seeing non-tight, Kelsey at everybody.
1: 21, Andrews at 16.5, Hawkinson at 12.4. Perfect.
0: I per game. don't want to misspeak because I could just be looking at a site that the scoring is a little different, but I know it's non tight end premium. And I had Ertz three, Njoko four, Taysom Hill five, Hawkinson six. It's a safe league. That's all I was at. I could be wrong, though.
1: I mean, is that two PPR?
0: No, no, one, 1.0. 1. Regardless, your point's still on. I mean, Hawkinson's up there because of that one week.
1: Yeah, but I, I just like uh, Greg Dolcich is tight end one, two, three, four, five, six. So if you can't get Andrews, if you can't get Kelsey, just load up on those middle tier guys because you're really you're not have losing a whole bunch of crap, guys, and call it good.
0: There's a lot you're of You're not Robert losing Konyan's anything. even productive.
1: Yes. You're not losing anything on a, a per game basis. Yep. All right, Juwan John.
0: Johnson.
2: I have one last question for you because th- th- this is a process question for you, okay?
1: Am I going to get pissed off?
2: Uh, no, because it, you've seen the light. How are you going to not Kenneth Walker, the next Kenneth Walker again in diversity? Really?
1: I, 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 I knew it was going to be about looking at the importance of pass catching for running backs in college, which this, that's what this is. that's what this is okay i mean can i say i i hate to be the guy that's doubling down when the you're shown an ace and i have 16 i'm like i'm gonna double down here because i'm probably gonna bust but he still hasn't caught passes oh but but where do you
2: have him ranked in your tiers right now
0: See, I'm Nick Chubb is not a pass catcher and running back either, and he's always up there. So I, I think Kenneth Walker's entering that class. He's in that class. Brees Hall's gone down for the season.
1: How
2: high is Walker in your tears?
1: My condolences. For dynasty purposes, running back three, and it makes me sick to my stomach. I but I say, oh, I wow. if that shows me anything, if that shows me anything, it's that I don't, I don't give in a take lock, be fluid, Mm-hmm. Try to be as unbiased as possible because yes. that's what you're getting here on Dynasty Theory. Yep. Unless it's about the Cowboys, then forget about it. Hey. But <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah, he's not catching passes, but he's putting up 170 yards and two touchdowns a game, so yeah, it's decent. I ju- I just need him to have that stretch where he doesn't find the end zone and gets like 60 yards for like three or four games, and I'm gonna be freaking unbearable i will be on i mitch will be missing shows then do do you like do you like how i i coincidentally missed the episode after a big kenneth walker game it wasn't a
2: coincidence but it's okay
1: oh yeah there's a lot going on no i i my mental stability was i I I'm shook because of what i saw no you know from a process perspective i I, I'll, i'll look at it a little bit more honestly but, I mean, I, I want that box to be checked. I do. It's just, unfortunately, it did not take into account Kenneth Walker running through 11 chargers. I'm pretty sure there were 15 chargers on the field the one time and they still didn't stop them. It is I, the I'm... chargers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah they are run funnel defense. I need somebody to talk here for a sec because I'm going to cough. <laughs>
0: Uh, come on, Mitch. What else you got on Kenneth Walker? All right, I'm back. Are I'm back. Yeah, you back? Uh, no, I one, think said there Walker is anymore.
2: to know about Kenneth Walker. I just want to make sure that John said on the show tonight that he has him as a top three back in dynasty right now. Which is Whew. that's pretty good. That's not bad. Uh, t- today, though, uh, it's
0: incredibly good.
1: Today, though, you're not going to trade him away for Jonathan Taylor. And...
2: I would not.
1: Oh, I will take GT Me too. You freaking, uh, but, but seriously, like, it's not like I'm, I was not sitting there saying, Oh, Walker, he's going to have a great season. Oh, now he's my running back three. I wanted nothing. I have zero shares. I know know. between orphans. I picked up co-managed teams with Mitch and my portfolio. I have 93 dynasty teams. I don't have one share of Kenneth Walker and it doesn't look like I'm going to get one. Hey, at least he got some Christian Watson Same. though, so that's good.
0: We have some Brees Hall.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fricking Brees Hall!
1: No more injuries. <coughs> Whoa, that was not the right. One. Final thoughts. Man, you guys got a glimpse of the the pivot point intro. Mm, it's a only a on the Dynasty Theory Patreon. It's fantastic. All right, Dan. Episode 179 in the books. First half of the 22 season. The regular fantasy season is in the books. What do you got for our listeners here for final thoughts?
0: Hey, we'll end this one. We've been talking, you know, weekly takeaways every week. So for our listeners that hung in there, just give them a couple uh, tidbits. And then one thing looking ahead to next week, keep, even though I think Connor's coming back, and, and you know, Benjamin's definitely looked good and earned a role. Keontae Ingram passed the eye test. So deep stash. I just say he, he's definitely in that mix. He looked decent in that Arizona game and earned a role. Um, JB, you'll probably like it. Romeo Dobbs, zero catches in a good matchup. A little, little bit discouraging there. Uh oh, Mike Williams is out. I, I think that Charger team's in limbo. I'm really concerned what I'm seeing on film there. I think JB and I are going to argue for the next few weeks. I still say Michael Carter is going to be a lot better than J-Rob, than, uh, J- who will be interesting to watch there. We didn't really talk about it. It's been to nauseam in our chat and everywhere else, but CMC to the Niners, I absolutely love it, and scored two CMC shares this week, so I was happy about that. And going into this week, just a reminder, Jags Broncos, 9.30 a.m. in London, so set your lineups accordingly.
1: Jags Broncos. My uncle is actually going to London, I think, on th- tomorrow and he, he had tickets to go see that game. And he was like, it looked a heck of a lot better. Yeah. Uh, he's like, oh, I'm going to see Russ. I'm going to see the Broncos. Well, yeah. No, Russ not. should
0: play the Poor guy for better. Oh, for he worse. says he's
1: good. He was doing
0: just He was right? doing
1: some exercises on the plane. All right. Make yeah. sure what do you got? I was just going to say, uh, make sure you have your
2: trade notifications on, because what you'll notice here over the next four weeks, when someone blows up their team, they don't blow up their team over a week. They blow up their team within three hours, and if you're not in there in those three hours, you missed all the opportunity. So that's all I'm gonna say is just like, make sure you have them because you don't you don't need to be the first of the party. You'll see like, Jarvis Landry for a third something like that, and then you know, all right, now it's my time to hop in and get whatever veteran they have left on their
1: team. And something to keep in mind too, when this came up, the way that I mentioned from the other side, if you're a bottom team just trying to shed some points at market value. Well, some people panic a little bit and they shed points at below market. And that's where you can really take advantage. So keep keep your notifications on, like Mitch said. I, I It surprises me that one of two things. One, people don't get notifications via email when they get a trade offer. Or two, they just don't have email on their phone. Like I... I I have survive? offers sit there and you guys know I'm not shy of revoking. If I have to I'm just saying,
0: quick to it, he's got a quick trigger catch yeah. JB while he's there.
1: All right. Well, it was great to be back this week. Sorry for the, the changing schedule here, but we're going to blame Mitch for that and the whole state of Utah. The, everybody there. Everybody for Mitch, for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna. I'm John Bauer. I hope everybody has a fantastic. What is it? Week eight here. Enjoy your, your weekend and hopefully the rest of the season goes your way and we'll catch everybody next week. Peace.